today on Lawyers Rising. You have to realize that, you know, if there's things in your background that aren't working, you can fix them. It's within your control to keep pushing forward and to get a job. Why you should never give up your search for a job. Hello and welcome. I'm joined once again by the founder and chief executive of BCG Attorney Search, Harrison Barnes. Harrison, good morning. Uh, thank you. So today we're going to focus on why you should never, ever give up on your law firm search. We're going to get into a lot of details here. But to start things off, I wonder if you can share, in general, what causes people to kind of give up? I mean, it's, it's very hard to disentangle your emotions and your ego when you're in the midst of a job search. Um, it's a very stressful time for people. And I think that often leads to them making poor decisions. But what are your thoughts just in general about why people become discouraged and give up? Well, I think that people, you know, they don't necessarily, you know, get the, the feedback they want initially and, and uh, uh, you know, meaning people either won't hire them or they don't get interviews and they, uh, you know, they get, they get very discouraged. And, uh, you know, I think that, you know, after a time, um, you know, they, they just feel completely rejected. And, and I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, people's, you know, how they grow up and kind of the feedback and the, the confidence they have. But yeah, I mean, a lot of people, uh, you know, end up giving up and they, they, they give up just not on, um, you know, their job search, but sometimes they give up on their careers. And, um, you know, I talk to people uh, every day that have done that, and it's, it's sad. You know, there are stages of grief, but so too, uh, there are maybe stages of discouragement as well. You kind of identify these in the article that we're basing this podcast on, which you can find in the uh, show notes. But you, you point out that there's really kind of three stages of this discouragement uh, problem. First of all, kind of giving, you mentioned this off the top, but as you try to get close to somebody, try to get close to an employer and uh, and try to build a relationship, uh, you feel that it's not working and you get, uh, you, you kind of feel that uh, you're being rejected. Mm -hmm. uh, secondly, that kind of turns into sadness, uh, which kind of makes you slow down even more on your search. And then finally, if you continue to hit roadblocks, you become kind of angry and uh, that anger kind of makes you give up completely. I love these three. Um, not love them because it happens to people, but that you've identified them. Can we go into detail on each first, just starting with um, uh, that, that sense of rejection that you touched on at first? Can you talk more about that and why that's such a profound experience for a lot of people and why you, you think they should try and not become so discouraged by that? When, when they start any job search, when they expect the, you know, a lot of doors to open because they're, you know, they perceive that they have a lot of value. They perceive that you know, they have a lot to offer uh, you know, and, and they, they want... Uh, they want to get that kind of feedback from the market. And, and then as time goes by and they don't get it, um, you know, I think that with the rejection, they, you know, th then they start feeling, you know, very insecure. And, uh, and you know, I do think I, I said that, you know, in the article that, you know, people get, can get sad or they can get angry. And I, I think, you know, it, it kind of goes both ways. I mean, you know, people can either get sad or get angry. I mean, some people are just very resilient and, you know, keep, are able to keep inventing, reinventing themselves and coming up with, you know, new ideas and, and ways of doing things and other people aren't, you know, so it just kind of depends on the person. Mm. Uh, you point to an interesting question there, like, can resiliency be taught or can you get, can you improve on your resiliency? Um, as you say, a lot of people are just naturally that way or naturally not. Um, can you try and improve that so you're not so kind of overcome with things when uh, life hands you some, uh, some difficult times? Well, I think people need to know how to, how to readjust. And I think that they need to, you know, I think the big thing is a lot of times people won't, you know, when bad things happen, like they won't really get 
they won't, uh, you know, recalibrate and, and they don't realize that, you know, there's, there's other ways of, of uh, you know, getting to where they want to go. I mean, in some cases, it's just as simple as working in a different market or, you know, it may be applying to more jobs or it may be applying to different types of jobs or different practice settings. And, you know, but people just, you know, have all sorts of different methods of, of, of you know, approaching the market. And a lot of times they're not, you know, doing the right thing. They're, they're approaching it in the wrong way and, um, and, they're, and they're giving up. So the resilience really means to just keep, you know, trying different things until something works. And if you do, it will work eventually. But that's the problem is a lot of times people just give up. And when they give up, then everything stops. You've helped a lot of attorneys get work over the years, and I'm sure you've seen it all. So let's talk a little bit about some of the reasons why people are not getting hired, um, despite maybe their qualifications. Um, lack of self-confidence comes to mind as maybe one of the primary problems here, um, especially when you're young and in a very uh, imposing setting like a law firm. I think you can kind of be a bit shaky when you go in for that interview. Can you talk a little bit about self-confidence and how to improve upon that? Uh, sure. I mean, people, um, you know, just kind of go into law firms and in interviews and they just don't act confident. I mean, they act, uh, you know, in a way that, um, you know, really is kind of the opposite. So they, um, you know, they, they just come across as, you know, being able to be pushed around and, you know, all, all sorts of things. And if you and if you look that way, then, you know, the thing that that you know, shows the clients is that you're probably going to, the client's able gonna, is going to be able to get pushed around a lot too. So that typically doesn't go well. I mean, you have to have, uh, you know, a certain level of, of confidence. And, uh, and a lot of times people, bad things happen to people and they lose their confidence because of that. So, you know, you also need to learn, um, you know, how to, if, if bad things do happen to you, you kind of need to learn how to overcome that and, and project confidence. And that's very hard for people. I mean, it's just, it happens to this lack of confidence is a, is a big thing. I mean, a lot of times people, you know, they just, they, they really lose their confidence and, um, and, and, it, and it scares people away, especially in the legal profession. Yes, it's true. And, and you think about uh, some analogs and other, like say professional sports, like it's often said boxers, when they take a, take a really bad beating, they're never quite the same afterwards. And a lot of it has to do with confidence. It's probably not unlike that in a very combative, uh, combative industry, like uh, the legal industry. You know, the other thing that comes to mind too, about problems for getting hired is uh, lack of social skills. Um, I think law, at least in some aspects of law, can attract people that are very bookish in maybe some ways, maybe a little bit nerdy, uh, and kind of lack those social chops. Can you talk about that too, uh, leading to people not being able to get hired? Well, yeah, I mean, sometimes, I mean, it's, it's, it's you know, there's nothing, I mean, sometimes the best students are, you know, you don't have to, you know, a lot of attorneys are nerds and there's nothing wrong with that or, or lack social skills. But sometimes those, uh, there are attorneys that come out of law school that, you know, that really, you know, do have a, a severe lack of social skills and, you know, and just, you know, things where, you know, they, they can't even give you a normal handshake and they won't make eye contact and, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, they, they, they're looking down and, you know, just, you know, and it's just, you know, so there, there are some people where that's an issue and, um, you know, there, there are jobs for people like that and there's nothing to say that, you know, you, you, you know, but you, you know, you, you have to, you know, you have to find the right environment. And so sometimes that definitely can be a problem. You know, empathizing with your employer or potential employer in the sense of understanding what they want to hear is a big part of this as well, it seems to me. And mm -hmm. understanding what they want to hear. And I think one of the biggest mistakes people can make is not appearing hungry enough or interested enough mm -hmm. in the place that they're trying to work, that they come off as a bit aloof. 
Uh, and I'm not sure what that's born of. Maybe maybe an attempt to try not seem too desperate and you end up just coming, kind of coming off as a bit aloof. But can you talk about uh, saying the things that prove that you're, you're hungry and, and going to be a, a really productive member of the team, which is ultimately what all employers want at the end of the day? Well, a lot of times, you know, people's resumes will, will have, you know, things on them that, you know, make it look like they, they may not be interested in, in, you know, what their job will be. And, you know, it could be, you know, someone that's applying for, you know, it's just, you have to, you have to be, look like you're, you're, you potentially could, you know, you're going to be able to settle down and, and, and do a good job. And I, there's, there's kind of three questions that someone's always asking when they're interviewing you. And the first is, you know, can you do the job? Um, the second is, will you, can you be managed? And then the third one is, will you do the job long-term? And so a lot of times you can take a look at someone's resume and you can see, you know, that they've done all these different things or that the person just doesn't, you know, seem like they have a focus or, you know, or that there's just something else that they want to do. And that, and that's one of the reasons a lot of times that people don't get jobs is that's just, you know, that's, that, that they have a serious problem on their resume with that. So, you know, so then law firms will avoid them. Yeah, I guess looking like you could be a, a bad hire. What, what other kinds of bad signals or wrong signals can people be um, putting out there uh, that, uh, you know, will be picked up on in an interview and potentially turn an employer off? Well, yeah, I mean, if someone looks like they're, you know, like there's, there's kind of two things that a law firm is looking for when they're hiring for someone. So, you know, when they're looking for people to do the work, they're looking for soldiers. And then, you know, and then when they're looking for, you know, partners that have business, those are generals. And so, you know, a lot of times, you know, people um, that should be generals, meaning partners, will, will interview with law firms and the law firm may think, oh, you know, this person looks like they're trying to be a, you know, a, a soldier and they really should be a general or if someone, you know, is, you know, sometimes people are very young and they, and they come across like, you know, they, they want immediate authority and, uh, you know, and, 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 and advance quickly. And you can tell that the person's, you know, going to not stay very long. And then, you know, a lot of times people will, you know, have these resumes and, uh, and it'll just, it'll just show like, you know, there's just something kind of off. Like I, I saw this uh, resume yesterday and it was this guy that, I mean, it was just kind of weird. Like it was just all this stuff that had nothing to do with practicing law. Like every, every other line on his uh, resume dealt with some stuff, you know, relevant to, um, you know, he, he just had a kind of a fascination with, uh, you know, this topic that was just kind of inappropriate. And I'm not going to get into what the topic was, but I mean, I'll just say it involves sex. And it was, it was very strange. I mean, he just seemed everywhere he, everything he did, he talked about, you know, uh, you know, this, this stuff. And it just, it just, you know, it just, he's, that's what he was interested in. He wanted to be part of this kind of dark, you know, world and, and that's fine. But I mean, it just, you, you can't, uh, you know, you can't be trying to work in a big law firm if that's all you're, you know, if you're interested in that. And then other people, you know, look like they're, you can tell, like you interview them or you see their resume and they're just not, you can tell they're not going to sit, want to sit down and work in a law firm or, or stay or, you know, or they just keep, uh, there's just something about them that, you know, you know that they're not interested. Like there was this incident that was kind of interesting, uh, you know, where this guy was a partner in a, in a big law firm in Detroit and, uh, and doing very well. And then he decided that he wanted to leave for a year uh, and go, uh, you know, help, help this uh, football team with some coaching stuff or something. And, 
you know, and then when he would try to come back, the firm wouldn't let him. Well, that's an example, you know, of being interested in other things. And now he's trying to maybe look, for, and now he, he can't get a job because, you know, if, if someone is interviewing him, they're going to say, well, why would someone who is a partner in a major law firm suddenly want to go work in, in coaching, um, you know, football? I mean, it doesn't make any sense, you know, like a, like a top. So if someone looks like they're interested in other things, the law firms typically you know, doesn't want to want to hire them because the, the person's probably not going to stick around and they're not going to be focused and it's just a waste of their time. So the other thing uh, it occurred to me when we were talking about, you know, especially in the earlier uh, problems that we were talking about, lack of confidence or lack of social skills, et cetera, that, you know, a big, everyone's going to be nervous, especially for a big interview. It's just going to be, it's just natural unless you're a real, a real cold-blooded uh, killer, you know, but I wonder if preparation is the key to that. Anytime that I got super nervous about any of these sorts of things, just preparing at a really high level prior to and working out every conceivable question or as many as you can think of prior to will give you a lot of confidence, I think, in the room because you've worked through a lot of this already. Um, can you talk about preparation and why you think it's so important? Yeah, I mean, preparing for interviews is huge. I mean, like, um, and one of the things that's interesting to me is like, you know, we we have some recruiters in this company that do very well, uh, but they don't work with a ton of people at one time. They actually don't even work as hard as I think they should. And um, but when their candidates get interviews, I mean, they spend a lot of time. I mean, you know, a half hour to one hour or more sometimes preparing them for interviews. And so, you know, preparing for interviews is is really kind of a good good thing. When you need to be able to go through your resume and answer every question that someone could possibly ask about your experience. You need to, you know, you need to be able to, you know, if you're doing a phone interview, you should be smiling while you're talking because that kind of comes through. If you're, um, you know, if you, um, you know, have had things come up in the past in interviews you think went, didn't go well, you need to be able to address those. And, um, you know, so you need to understand kind of how people are seeing you. And uh, a lot of cases, I mean, one of the best things you can do is have other people uh, you know, looking at your background and your resume and your um, experience because uh, they can point out things that you may not be able to see sometimes. And, um, you know, and that, that can be very helpful. So, you know, the more, the more time you spend in your resume or, you know, in talking to other people, uh, the more, you know, the better off you're going to be. And that's, that's one of the things that I would say. Uh, but preparation is important. And I think also, you know, there's a lot of books and things on our site that I've written and, um, you know, and articles about interviewing and, um, you know, and you, you should look at all that stuff and you can get information out of it and see what you're doing wrong. Because a lot of times, sometimes it's just one thing. And if you fix that one thing, your whole career could change. The other thing with getting a job is that a lot of things are out of your control. And we started this conversation by talking about the damage you can do to yourself by taking things too personally and be, and becoming extremely frustrated and angry and sad and ultimately giving up because of that. Um, and a lot of that is born of uh, the thinking that you, you yourself have been rejected, you know, as a person, I think that's why it becomes so troubling to people, but there's a lot of just random stuff that is out of your control when it comes to the hiring process. And I think it's important to kind of talk a little bit about that um, and about how higher uh, firms hire in general. And uh, can you uh, kind of expand on that idea? Like I think for example of uh, things you've said in the past about how, you know, kind of clicky some firms can be and uh, that how that can kind of preclude you from getting hired and other stuff like this. Can you talk about this, this random element and uh, kind of expand on that idea? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, everything uh, in terms of, uh, you know, the, the job market and how things work, I mean, a lot of it is, is very random. And 
um, you just you just can't control a lot of things that happen. So, uh, you know, and, and, you know, what I guess is random is, uh, you know, the, um, you know, the, the types of law firms that, you know, uh, you know, once you get beyond kind of the, the 95% of the, you know, the, the top 5% of the firms, I mean, most things are, are quite random. And I, I notice all the time that, you know, that we place people and, and most of the placements that happen are actually random. I mean, they're not, you know, the, you know, not most of them, but about half of them. I mean, they're not in response to openings. They're in response to just, you know, us trying to see if a, a firm might be interested in a certain person. They're not in response. You know, the, the, they're, um, they're just completely random. So, um, you know, you, you, you just never know. Yeah. And again, just focusing on this random element for a moment, so much of it is a numbers game too. At, at what point in the resume pile were you there in the back in the days when it was still piles of resumes, but you get the analogy. Um, how many people are applying? Um, what schools are applying for? Uh, what other kinds of uh, applicants there have been besides you that uh, are completely out of your control? And again, kind of emphasizes the fact that this really is a numbers game um, and why you shouldn't take any one job so personal if you don't get it. Cause you just got to keep churning through that, those numbers. Cause eventually that randomness might help you out along the way. You just got to be in the game. Don't you? Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing is, I mean, the, the idea of giving up is, is, is absolutely insane because, you know, many times, you know, the more positions you apply to the the more you're increasing your chances. And, um, you know, and, and your ability to get hired is always dependent upon, um, you know, the, the firm you're applying to having the work. It's, a, it's been at the right places at one time. Uh, one thing I like to talk about when I, when I train people uh, is the concept called the moving parade. And what that is, is, is it means that, you know, that the, a parade is, at one, is, is always at a different place in a, in a period of time. And so, you know, if you're if you're shopping for a mattress, uh, you know that's a very kind of random event. I mean, you may only shop for a mattress once every ten years, or once every twenty years, or once every thirty years. But you know, every time you turn on the television, there's an ad for uh, a mattress. And so, what they're doing is that's the moving parade. They're just hoping, you know, that you're at that one point uh, that you may be at once every you know fifteen years, say on average where you want to buy a mattress uh, and, and they can never guarantee that. So it's the same thing with law firms that are hiring people. Like, you know, if you apply to a bunch of places, you not only may the law firm not have or have an opening, but, you know, you may be the right type of candidate or not the right type of candidate. You just don't know. And another thing that we should mention, I think is worthwhile to focus on is um, this element of giving up because you're not getting exactly the kind of job in exactly the city that you want to get. Um, we've talked about this also in the past, but it's worthwhile bringing it up again, I think, about giving up for not, say, being uh, in a large market rather than, say, a mid or small market. Um, can you talk a little bit about that, about... I guess it's not settling exactly, but being more open-minded to other opportunities and about how much work there is in those small to medium-sized firms out there and why one would be foolish if they're not able to crack into those larger firms to be foolish to reject going to a smaller place. Well, it is foolish. I mean, you know, the, the, most of the jobs are in, you know, smaller to mid-sized firms. And frankly, I think, you know, most attorneys are happier in smaller to mid-sized firms. So, you know, the idea that, you know, if you don't get a job in one of those huge firms, you don't want to work at all. It's, it's just crazy to me. Like, I, I talked to a guy, um, I think, when was it? On Monday. And, uh, and I just kind of saw his resume come across my desk. And so I decided to give him a call. And, uh, and you know, and he had been fired from a firm. And, I, and he's in a, you know, very good practice group in a major city. And 
um, you know, but is only interested in like 10 firms, but he hasn't worked in three months. I mean, he's only interested in like 10 big types of firms. And so his strategy, instead of trying to get a job right now, his strategy is to wait until he can apply to those firms again in a few months, uh, you know, and have them look at them again. But, you know, he's not going to get a job in them because he's been unemployed and there's all sorts of problems with him. And, um, you know, but instead of accepting that, he's just going and, um, you know, and, and not working. And the longer you don't work, the more problems. I mean, you can always move to a bigger firm. Even if you start out in a very small firm, or even if you move from a big firm to a small firm, you can always move to a bigger firm later if you do what they want. So that means you're in the right practice group, or you start out in a small firm and you move to a bigger firm and you develop business. I mean, you can always move to a bigger firm. But the problem is, is a lot of people, um, you know, aren't in a position where they, where they they don't see that. They only see what's in front of them. They see the salary they can make right now. And, and they just don't, you know, at a bigger firm and they don't really put things into perspective because a career is very long. I mean, attorneys practice into their, you know, late 70s or 80s. And so, you know, why, you know, if you're, you know, under 30, are you concerned about something when you could be doing in the same profession for the next 50 years? And at the risk of psychoanalyzing that person you just mentioned, I mean, it sounds to me like a lot of ego trapped up in that um, that opinion or that idea or that strategy of only going for big size firms and totally rejecting the idea of going elsewhere. Somehow he's wrapped up his entire self-worth in the idea of working at a large firm and is sort of sabotaging himself because of it, because he can't kind of break out of that myopia. But here's the thing, you know, it's easy to see other people's myopia from the outside, but it's very difficult to see your own. And we all have it to a certain extent. Any ideas or thoughts on that about how to kind of uh, gain a bit more of an objective perspective on you, where you are in your career and what uh, where you should be focusing your efforts. It's not always easy because it is so ca- caught up in ego. Um, but any thoughts on that? Well, you need to surround yourself with people that will um, you know question you and um, and you know and professional coaches are a good idea. Uh, you know, but any anybody that can you know question help you question you know, what you're doing and the reasons for what you're doing and, and kind of give you some feedback. And so, you know, I think, I think that that, that's very helpful. I think that, uh, you know, I think ego is, I think ego is a huge thing. And I think that, you know, I, you know, there's, there's all these kind of different schools of, you know, religion and, you know, and things, but, you know, really what a lot of it comes down to that they talk about, uh, you know, if you study it is that, you know, that people are happier when they, believe that they're that they can't control everything because the more you try to control around you um the unhappy you're going to be so you know if you're able to um you know kind of give up the need to control everything and, and uh you know and believe that you know the best you know good things will happen if you put in the right amount of effort and stuff and just kind of trust and you know then you're, you're going to be better off i mean a lot of people just try to control everything and that um, you know, and, and that's ego and that, that can hurt you. And people base their whole lives and careers on egos. It's just, you know, it's unfortunate, but it's what happens. You know, and you guys aren't that precious about this. Uh, you actually rank your candidates, don't you? I, I'm interested. And I, I, for me, that would be extremely helpful. Maybe also somewhat wounding to my ego to get a ranking from a, an organization like DCG. But can you talk about that, how you rank your candidates, some of what goes into um, that methodology and why it's useful for uh, your candidates? Well, candidates are ranked basically, you know, um, in order to make sure that they can be matched up with firms on a consistent basis. And so, you know, there's certain types of candidates like, you know, that, uh, you know, are ranked to five, which would be, you know, coming out of a top law school and a top law firm and, um, you know, and being at a certain class level. And then, 
you know, and then once you fall out of that, you know, rank, um, you know, as you move, you know, farther and farther down, you know, the lowest rank candidates tend to be ones that are, um, you know, doing consumer facing work and um, as opposed to working for companies and, you know, maybe at smaller firms and have, you know, things in their background that, that aren't necessarily matching up with what uh, most law firms want. So, you know, and that doesn't matter. I mean, uh, you know, uh, I mean, there's, there's, you know, it doesn't really matter what the rank is. It's just, it's just, you know, who can, who, who can get into the best firms. And so, you know, you could, I mean, and students, you know, uh, this whole ranking system of one to five is based on, you know, how, you know, you know, college ranks people and it's, it's not discriminatory or anything. It's just trying to make sure that, uh, you know, that we understand kind of the person's background. Just, we've covered a lot of ground here and we're coming to the end, but I think a good uh, exit question or maybe exit statement is just to concentrate once again on the importance of never giving up about why you need to continually be adjusting uh, and, and and continuing to to apply to as many places as possible. Um, do you want to give that another round? Because uh, I think it is really important to, to focus people that give really giving up is the biggest mistake you can make. Um, it's uh, it's it's you have to maintain this uh, this level of of output when you're in your middle your job search in order to ensure that you're going to end up somewhere great. Yeah, and I think one of the reasons I, I wrote this uh, article, and I mean this is a you know awfully long article and uh you know but it i mean it's just because so many people's lives uh you know are con- are controlled um you know by uh you know and, and go into a, a negative direction because they give up and uh you just you, you can't i mean you 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 have to realize that you know if there's things in your background that aren't working you know that that you can fix them and you can um you know you you, you it's, in, it's it's within your control to um, you know, to, to keep pushing forward and to get a job. And so, you know, like I did a, a, a webinar today and all these questions were things like, you know, I'm this, you know, should I just give up? Like, so one of them was like, I've been a contract attorney for this many years, should I give up? Another was, oh, I've been a staff attorney, should I give up? Another was, you know, um, I'm, you know, um, you know, 45 years old, I just graduated from law school, I'm not getting an interview, should I give up? And so it's just one question after another about people wondering if they should give up. And, uh, and, you know, that's crazy. I mean, you go to law school for a reason, uh, you know, it, the market's competitive, uh, you know, and, you know, and someone, you know, you, you just have to keep, you know, um, trying. And if you do that, then everything will work out. But the problem is, is people don't, people do give up. And, and when they give up, they, you know, they, they blame themselves. They, you know, they do self-destructive behaviors. They, it's just, it's horrible. And it doesn't need to be that way. I mean, they need, people just need to stay in the game. That's a great place to leave it, Harrison. Thanks for making time for me. That's all the time we have for this edition of the program. If you're a lawyer looking for a change, go to bcgsearch.com.